This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and Heronext.com. Finally, a comic shopping site for collectors by collectors. Hi, this is Joe Bankus, creator of Sand Sharks and proud creator of the comic Into the Void. You're listening to Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Sort of break it, break it down like good. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is my pleasure to welcome you to episode 174 of THN, where we are talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, August 13th. Joe Patrick, it's been a while since we recorded on a Friday evening. Cheers. Charo Negro is back in play. Appreciate it. We use a little alcohol to lube up this show. My Look, name is I'm Matt. just saying, if we record on Saturday mornings, I'm not opposed to day drinking. <laughs> Fair enough. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle at Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not blaring NWA while watching the gross misuse of police power in Ferguson, Missouri, I'm writing the comic speculator blog for worthpoint.com. I'll let you guess what song I was listening to. <laughs> and I'm Joe Patrick. That's at Joe Patrick 116 on Twitter. And when I am not shocked to find out that I live in a world with Sonic... Cannons. Yeah, this is to be fair, not the way I wanted to find out, but wow. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the future is now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, Venom doesn't stand a chance at this point. In this week's episode, you'll hear our in-depth reviews of Southern Dog number one and Godzilla Cataclysm number one. After that, we'll review 10 of this week's new comics. Faster than adults everywhere can take off their shirts and take to the streets now that their kids are back in school during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're rapping with Ort, the living comet, about next week's new comics. And finally, speaking of rapping, MC DJ Patrick will be busting rhymes while we hook up one lucky comic junkie. And their kid with a new highly addictive read. But before we get to the meat of the matter, I am proud to announce the THN Fantasy Football League will be making its return. And this time it's personal. So watch the forums for more on that one. Now, let's talk about this week's big news. We got big news. Finally, Marvel Comics has started to shed some light on their upcoming Avengers and X-Men colon event specifically the second act titled inversion <laughs> they even mentioned what's gonna happen in the first act I come on know. guys <laughs> the the road to inversion right <laughs> during a conference call with the comic book press guess who wasn't invited the publisher revealed some huge details about the crossover you're talking about us yeah i was oh yeah okay sorry in addition to the return of the professor x empowered red skull and apocalypse Marvel has described Inversion as, quote, a recalibration of the Marvel Universe's moral compass, end quote. Okay. According to Axis writer Rick Remender, quote, it's not so cut and dry for everyone as good guy becomes super bad guy. I think there are a lot of character defining moments, especially in the second act. It shows you the antithesis of what they normally are and getting into their characters, end quote. I don't think that means anything. No, I, I think I understand what it means. <laughs> I'm trying to picture that. What? It, it means that the Red Skull is going to reach into the minds of everyone around right. and and shuffle the playing field, yeah, right? He's going to shuffle all their he's decks. He's going to superior Spider-Man them. Right, but instead of like, Sabretooth is now in the body of Wolverine, right. it's going to be Sabretooth wakes up and now he's kind of a good guy. What? Oh. Or Iron Man forgets that he spent the last 20 years recovering from alcoholism, oh. and now he's a sleazeball. So he just 
He's just going to fart around with their brains. Yeah. Ooh, that's creepy. Right. Promotional art for the event features new looks for well-known characters like a Zen Deadpool, <laughs> a more corporate, less street-level Luke Cage, and a decidedly heroic-looking Sabretooth. Wow. Marvel also revealed that Inversion spins directly into Tom Taylor and Yildre Sinar's superior Iron Man, which will see the character return to his selfish, profit-driven, drunken ways after years of his life experience and growth are wiped from his mind. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Marvel continued to tease things like Luke Cage leading a team of evil Avengers that includes the disgraced Thor Odinson, Medusa, Captain America, and Clue. Or Claw. Claw. <laughs> I'm going to go with Claw. <laughs> and Claw, Claw is the inverted Hulk, who was described as what, ha like the Hulk now is, there is no banner. There's only the Hulk. Right. Because he was hurt real bad and then Tony Stark did something to heal him and yeah, now yeah. he's just the Hulk. Yeah. So what happens when the Hulk himself hulks out? Whoa. It's like the worst thing you've ever seen. Whoa. Right. Also, intriguing character arcs for villains like Sabretooth. What happens when a serial murderer wakes up with the conscience of a hero but still has the powers of a killing machine? It happened on Buffy. Happened on Buffy. Yeah, we saw what happened. That's right. It's going to happen to Sabretooth. That's right. The lead-up to Axis begins next month in the pages of Uncanny Avengers, Captain America, Magneto, and Loki, Agent of Asgard. Matt, I know I'm a sucker for event books, but this actually sounds kind of amazing. It sounds like a way to do a what-if without doing it in another universe. You know right, what I but mean? Right, but doing a what-if for real. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if House of M just happened in the regular 616 Marvel Universe, as opposed to other realities shifted by whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. No, this counts. Right. Really cool. Well, and they're saying that, like, don't expect for the end of Axis to see things just get shoved back into their bags. I like that, too. I like that. Because they're launching a whole new series with Superior Iron Man. Well, everybody bitches every time they have these, like, huge event books, and then everything's just back to status quo after the last page. Right. Sounds like this is going to shake up. Now, it took them forever just to kind of get to the goddamn point. Like, explain the event. Yeah. Don't just show me teaser art and give me a name. And now that they have, I'm actually really excited. I'm super excited. I'm totally excited. I think this is going to be a blast. Uh, Rick Remander said, like, it's all it's all fireworks, no lead up. You cool. Know, it's just we're going straight out. I love it. And I'll tell you what. Sabretooth is a good guy. That pulls in my Age of Apocalypse strings pretty hard. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> love it. DC Comics is continuing its quest to make every book a Batman book. The publisher announced a new series called Gotham by Midnight, launching in November by writer Ray Fox and artist Ben Templesmith, if he doesn't disappear for months at a time. The series will star Jim Corrigan, a.k.a. The Spectre, and an assortment of new characters that are part of the GCPD Midnight Shift. Detective Lisa Drake, forensic investigator, Dr. Xandor Tarr. <laughs> Xandor. Oh, I love that name. And a religious consultant named Sister Justine, who, quote, has a very peculiar and particular talent. I, there's a joke there, but... Yeah, sorry, I, was, I just think a bunch of perverted stuff went through my mind. The series will spin out of Batman Eternal, of which Fox is one of the writers, and we'll see the squad investigate the supernatural horror of Gotham City. Fox said he is drawing on inspiration from True Detective and the works of H.P. Lovecraft. So... That doesn't push your buttons. You're probably a jerk. For those keeping track, this is the third title in the new DC imprint we're calling Batman Minus Batman, which includes a previously announced 
Gotham Academy, and Arkham Manor. Joe, they had me a true detective. They had me again in H.P. Lovecraft. But if DC is just going to resurrect Gotham Central, why the hell aren't they bringing back Crispus Allen and Renee Montoya? I know, right? Like They're not around. They brought back the question, and it's a guy. Right. So Montoya and Allen are just... They're in, not around. Out there. Right. Just have, put them in this book. Why not? Put them in this book. Yeah, why the hell not? I don't get it. Now That th- aside... I'm excited for this. This does sound pretty good. What's the name of the new Batman editor? Mark Doyle. Mark Doyle has come into DC. I don't know what he did, but they're allowing him to actually do some really cool stuff. Yeah, the new Batgirl yes. is because of Mark Doyle. Gotham Academy. Gotham Academy sounds awesome. And this looks like a lot of fun. I ben hope- Templesmith on a mainstream Batman book? I really hope he can maintain. Because as we know, Ben Templesmith is a crazy person. The joke I made had to do with him vanishing. He did. He did go away for a while. Yeah, on 10 grand. Was that the 10 book? Grand, yeah, right. that he walked on. Just fell off the face of the earth. Right. So hopefully he can stay there. I really like him. I would love to see him get a major job like this. And maybe people that don't know Ben Temple Smith, but know DC and Batman, pick it up. He deserves that recognition. He's a great artist. This sounds like fun. Yeah. DC making some pretty fun waves. My only complaint, it's all Batman. It's all all Batman. It's all Gotham. Okay. I mean, mean, it's it's not like... It's not Batman colon Gotham by Midnight, right? I suppose. So, but real quick, it's going to be Batman comics starring the DC universe. I mean, sure. No, I understand. Uh, Gotham City is an interesting place. It's a compelling place. I understand why they want to set books there. And I get that. It's just not the only place in the DCU. But you know, and if there, there used were... to be a lot of interesting and compelling places. Now, that's fair. There's one. How many? <laughs> how many books are set in New York City at Marvel? Well, I mean, I'll give you that, but I I mean, I don't think New York City is the character. People just happen to live there. Gotham has become a character. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Like, I don't think of Spider-Man and, like, New York City being necessarily, like, linked as one and Spider-Man going, this is my town and I will defend. Like, oh, then you Batman have never stuff, read you know? a Spider-Man comic. Yeah, I mean, like, he's around, <laughs> he's doing stuff, but he's not like Batman who's dating Gotham, basically. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Batman and Gotham sitting in a tree. All right, all right. Liefeld fans rejoice with the help of developer Curtis Pope. Image Cur- Comics. Curtis with two S's? Curtis's. Curtis's. All right. Image Comics co-founder and active online presence Rob Liefeld launched his own iOS app in the iTunes store on Tuesday. The free app allows fans to browse and share pieces of Liefeld's artwork, add his convention appearances to their calendars, access his biography, watch videos, see the latest comic book releases, and even ask him questions. Those that download the app will receive a free digital copy of Rejects. I think it's Regex. It's Re colon Gex. <laughs> by Liefeld, Jeff Loeb, and Tom Mason. Fear not, Android users. The Rob expects his app to drop in the Android marketplace within the next few weeks. Matt, I have so many questions. <laughs> But I guess the biggest one is what took him so long. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on a rant here. Good for Rob Leefield. If you wanna okay, I'll give the guy no one self promotes like Rob Leefield. Look, I, he really it's seriously. Let's remove let's remove the fact that he is Rob Liefeld from the ink from the equation completely. 
Do you think it is a smart idea for a creator to promote themselves in this way? I don't know, man. I think this is what Twitter is for. It's like your one-stop Liefeld shop. I mean, like Click. I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to stay reasonable and nice here. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of creators that I follow on Twitter, and I follow them because I want to know what they're doing. I want to see what they're working but on. But how much do you miss because you follow a lot of people? Maybe that's true, but there isn't a single one of them that I think. Damn, I wish I had an app <laughs> where I could just follow Rick Remender around. <laughs> you know. But if you had an app that was like the if you had a Ryan Otley app, right? Uh, and no. it just had like a gallery of Ryan Otley artwork. I'm that telling you, could look you at, now. And you could look at everything he'd ever drawn. It's fun. You know what? There is something like that. It's Ryan Otley's web page. Okay. And whenever I feel like going to visit it, I will. I'm telling you, it's my opinion that there is not a creator in the world of all the creators I love that I feel I need a fucking app on my phone. No, I understand. <laughs> to push a button. I understand, but I'm saying just this is dumb. Just for the <laughs> okay. sake of arguing, like how much more convenient is it to just push the Liefeld button than it is to go to Ryan Otley's website? It's just so much less work not to push it, you know? I don't know. I, like, you know? Uh, I, I have a life. I've got things going on. I have to use the restroom every once in a while. You know, I, I, that's I, a perfect I, place for you the, to push the Liefeld button. I'm sorry. This is dumb. It's just dumb. We don't need this. Nobody needs this. And I, well, I'm trying. I guess I'm not I'll scrap plans for the Matt Bomb app. I've I'm not attacking on. the man. I'm not. What's his latest project? Anybody? I don't know. Okay. Liefeld app will tell you. <laughs> I'm just saying that's my point. You know, there's a lot of people that are a lot busier than him. That wouldn't you want it to if a nerd app? You, what would we do with it? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need anything you want. I suppose. I suppose. The thing is that you've given your fans something that they can connect with you. Right. Nobody needs this. We don't need this. I think this is silly, and I think it is the. Although I do think it is the logical extension of Rob Lee Field's ego moving to the next level. <laughs> you know, I, I've already conquered Twitter. What's next? You know what, Rob? <laughs> I think that if there's a demand for it and you can use it well and connect with your readers through it, more power to you. It's all yours. I won't be downloading it. Yeah, I was going to say, have fun with your app. <laughs> My finger is on the button. Push the button. That is the big news for this week. If you would like to discuss these stories or everything else and every other creator that deserves an app, hit us up at the THN forums where you can find Joe and his new plans for the Joe Patrick app, which, when pressed, will locate the nearest Chinese restaurant and have chicken lo mein delivered to your house in under 15 minutes. I would download that app. Huh? <laughs> But it's only chicken lo mein. That's all you can get. That's the thing that sucks. I don't even like lo mein. <laughs> it's just noodles, dude. No, that's not true. I it's do like it. Chinese spaghetti. It's delicious. Every Sunday, the egomaniacal Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in the THN forums. Joe, what do we ask the listeners this week? All right. Listen, expand your brains a little bit. Matt Bomb, he's a grumpus. We're going to have a little fun. <laughs> I want you to pitch us your idea for a nerdy app of your own design. It can be for comics or games or movies or whatever. It can be for fun or for function. If you are looking for an app to help you catalog your collection in just the right way, you know, I want to hear about it. If you're looking for an app that 
delivers chicken lo mein to your house. Sure. While you're playing, uh, what game am I playing right now? The know. Last of Us. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or an app that'll tell you areas of like high density chesty cosplay. <laughs> you know, or like, oh man, don't make it. There's weird. a bunch of babes crushed into poison ivy suits over here. <laughs> Something that will enhance your enjoyment or enhance the efficiency of the way you appreciate your hobbies. Have fun with it. Anything goes as long as it makes sense. Man, I don't know if I can even answer this. I've got one. I don't. I have one. I've got nothing. I already have one. Uh, okay. Just think about it. All right. All right. All right. You have until midnight this coming Thursday. It's August the 21st. To get us your answer, you can call and leave a message with your answer using Skype. The Skype handles to it at nerd, all one word. Or you can call the Ziggurat hotline 402-819-4894. Keep it under three minutes. You will get cut off. It's true. You can also send an mp3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Again, keep it short. But if you need more time than that, please write your full answer in the question of the week section of the THN web forums. Good time. That's why we built it. That's true. Well, built is a strong word, but yes. I worked hard on it. (laughs) You really did. I did. It's review time with THN where Joe and I pick out two wimpy looking comics to bully on the playground. Just to make ourselves feel a little better about our own insecurities. Joey? This week, I'm reviewing Southern Dog, number one, from Action Lab Danger Zone. Written by Jeremy Holt, with art by Alex Diotto, and colors by Adam Metcalf. Here's the solicit. When awkward high school teen Jasper Dixon conceals an injury sustained during a hunting excursion with his family, his infected wolf bite, combined with the hormonal changes of puberty... Triggers a disturbing physical transformation. Now he's forced to confront his deep south upbringing and monsters far worse than what he's become. Jasper is a young man conflicted by his developing moral compass, his ugly upbringing, and the social and racial politics of the region in which he lives. It's clear that writer Jeremy Holt is drawing from his own experiences, which you can hear about on episode 45 of Comics Therapy. Hint, hint. That's how I heard about it. We're shamelessly plugging them now? (laughs) That's how I heard about it. That's why I checked it out, because I heard him talking to this guy. All right, all right. I thought Aaron Myers was mad at us. He's not mad at us. He was so pissed. He loves us. The plot moves pretty slowly, but the issue itself is paced very well. Holt gives readers just enough forward momentum while spending the rest of the issue showing Jasper's struggle with the various ideologies present in the world around him. The characters surrounding him, his family, his teachers, and classmates... They feel real and complex. Their negative qualities are never comically so. It's difficult to reconcile the fact that Jasper's family is full of racists because it's obvious that they care deeply for him, and maybe that's the point. The art by Italian newcomer Alex Diotto is really great. Uh, The style reminds me a lot of Rick Leonardi, an artist that I've always been a big fan of. Diado employs some fun camera angles and paneling to keep the talking heads that fill the majority of the book from getting too boring. There's an amateurish quality to the work. And I don't mean that as a negative necessarily, but there are some stiff figures and occasional outbreaks of same face. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, he's I mean, an up and comer. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. He's, he's new and it, and it, he's, uh, developing. It he's yeah, developing. He's developing. However, I think he shows huge potential. I agree. The only credits I could find were some pinups here and there scattered over the past five years. 
Uh, I hope this title brings him some much-deserved exposure. I think that if he's given the chance to improve, he'll be something really special. Okay. Adam Metcalf's colors are a nice compliment to Diato's work most of the time. It looks like he filled in the flat colors and then digitally painted in the shading and the texture. And so he's able to create some beautiful effects, especially in the wolf scenes. Like you can see the brush strokes in the hair and stuff. It's really, really pretty. But then the trade-off is that there are a few pages where it looks like he ran out of time and scribbled in the shading really fast mm-hmm. and very sloppily. And it's very noticeable. That's I was going to bring that up. It only occurred once or twice. Yeah, but there was also some distracting coloring, in my opinion. Some things were a little too bright, a okay. little too purple. Now, I will pink, say, you know? I was going to write about that in the review. You read the digital copy. Did, it, did the digital copy click shit? The digital copy provided by Action Lab does not do justice to the finished product. Okay. I looked at the printed product. Yeah, and that's something we... And it's so much better. Okay. All right. And then I went online to Comixology. That's and looked what at, I, I looked I at preview ask. pages from Comixology. They look right. Okay, I was going to ask. And, it, you know, and I, it's almost a disservice. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, because like, I look at it like, this coloring sucks. This is, a, this is kind of like inside baseball talk, and I apologize, but the, the, the copies provided by these companies sometimes for review right. are, you know, they're not, in, they're not in the typical graphic format, and right. the colors are very saturated. Uh, like, and almost a little blown out. And I don't know super, if they do duper it saturated. just so you won't share it or whatever. Right. But like, if you're sending it to me to review, and I look at this, my first thought is, this looks like crap. Uh, you know, so you're not doing your artists right. any favors. The uh, IDW sends out press copies oh, with a God. watermark that's so They're, opaque. It's barely readable. That it's almost impossible to read. Yeah. And I, that is that was my experience reading Godzilla Cataclysm. Yeah. But, again, that is not going to be your experience. I looked at the print copy and the colors are really nice, except for that whole scribbly thing, which was very distracting in those one or two spots I saw it. All in all, I thought Southern Dog was really a pleasant surprise. I gave Action Lab guff for some of the stuff they publish. Looking at you, zombie tramp. But I really enjoyed reading this. I'm looking forward to more. Action Lab is kind of becoming this place where people can get their start. No, absolutely. And I don't mean to say that I judge their work differently well and i don't know the difference between action lab and danger zone but uh, there danger is a, zone is mature readers is that what it is yeah okay because yeah, like we i've reviewed quite a few danger zone books and really enjoyed them yeah they're they're uh, danger zone is their mature readers imprint. okay okay but more and more they are hitting with a lot of their new stuff i liked this great cover by riley rosmo i'm giving it a buy it and i want you to be sure to let your retailer know that you want future issues if you're going to get it in print because pre-orders make or break small press comics like this one. And if you don't support it, it's going to go away. Agreed. I found this to be a little heavy-handed, quite honestly. And, and not, I'm not saying that like racism doesn't exist in the South and stuff like that. Of course it does. But, like I get it. His mom and dad are politely racist and stuff like that. And they drop some stuff about like anti-Obama stuff and whatever. It just came off as a little heavy-handed and plus werewolves. <laughs> you know, it's a weird way to address... Something like that, I guess. You know, it, well, sure. I mean, like if the if like if you really wanted to, honest, and I'm not trying to rewrite the book or anything like that. But if you really wanted to do something interesting like that, I think it'd be interesting to look at racism in the South when it's applied to 
someone who is a werewolf, you know, like that's even scarier, even though maybe he's not a bad guy, he's cursed or whatever. It just seemed like maybe they were trying to do a little too much in this book and they got a little lost in it to me. I'm giving it a, a strong skim it. I'm not giving, sure. No, you know, and that's fair. I guess you know, I'm willing to see how it develops. Fair enough. Again, it's a good first effort. I, I thought the art shows a lot of promise. I thought the colors looked terrible, but that's not the artist's fault. <laughs> yeah, and again, we are certainly very grateful to receive press copies. We wouldn't be able to do it. Of course. We did of course. what we do without them. And I think uh, Action Lab Danger Zone is doing a great job. I'm giving this a strong skim. Okay. Matt, what did you review this week? I chose Godzilla Cataclysm number one from IDW, written by Cullen Bunn with art by Dave Wachter. You may have heard a little bit about him last week. Joe and I have both been fans of Cullen Bunn's Six Gun series from day one. We also both have been very critical of his Marvel work. So when I heard he was taking a shot at my favorite giant monster, I had to give this comic a read. Here we see the aftermath of the biggest kaiju attack the world has ever seen. So big, in fact, it all but destroyed human civilization. And 20 years later, mankind lives as a hunter-gatherer society scavenging the remains of destroyed cities. The first few pages are a dream sequence recounting the kaiju battles, narrated by the grandfather of the main character, and artist Dave Wachter draws the hell out of them. There's three pages of Mothra, Godzilla, and King Ghidorah destroying everything in their path, beautifully colored in red, also by Wachter, I should say. He's the only art credit on this book. Nice. From there... We meet Arata and Chiori, the grandson of the narrator. The two are sent on a hunting slash salvaging mission when they learn that the wrathful gods their elders told them about have returned. And there's a really interesting choice of kaiju that shows up. I'm not going to go into it, but I was a little shocked. I like the. Was that like a real one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that much. That is a real one. It's a lesser known one. Sure. Which is why I bring it up. I like the premise Bun is working with here. It's been 20 years since anyone has seen the kaiju that destroyed the world. And many of the younger generation either believe that they're gone forever or maybe they were just stories and life just always kind of been like this. He does a great job setting up the story through the dream sequence and the idea that humanity worships the kaiju like vengeful gods. I find really interesting. Sure. Probably what would happen. Both Arata and Shiori are also well-written, although we don't learn much about either of them here. In true Godzilla form, the story begins and ends with a monster attack, and Bun keeps the story moving without getting bogged down in history. Monsters showed up, messed up the whole planet. Now here's what happened afterwards. Wachter is very solid here on all the art duties and does a great job illustrating the wreckage humanity inhabits in this future. He doesn't overdraw anything, but he fills his panels with depth and detail. His style reminds me of Alex May Leave, but without the digital effects. This was a solid Godzilla read with very solid art. If you're a big Godzilla fan like me, pick this up. If you're not, this is not required reading. It was just good, so I'm giving it a strong I'm surprised. I, I mean, I, what, you, what I just read you sounds like a very glowing review. The fact of the matter is there aren't that many good Godzilla comics out there. Sure. And there just aren't, and I'm judging it on a scale of all comics. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to be fair. So I read it as somebody that is like, certainly I, I like Godzilla, okay. but I am not a fan. Like I didn't grow up right. watching Godzilla. So 
my attachment to the property is close to non-existent. I read it and went, well, that was a story. Yeah. Right? Uh, it was. It's fine. It's well executed. Mm -hmm. Dave Walker's art is really great. He's fantastic. I just don't know if I care. I get it. You know? I get it. I, I, I kind of felt the same way about the Half Century War, which was drawn by James Stokoe. See, now I loved that. Right. But I felt that that one had much more story to hook into. Okay. For some reason, I did not connect as much with this particular plot, though I do love the idea that, like, monsters wreck shit so bad that now humanity is yeah, wasted. Yeah, like the earth is broken. That is a compelling idea and one that I don't think I've seen before. I don't think so, no. But I just, I couldn't connect with the story of the grandsons. I don't know what it was. Like, with Half Century War, it's like, this guy f has fought Godzilla for 50 years. Right. Like, that's compelling to me. It was like, like you said, it was, it was good. It's well executed. As a non-fan, eh? Yeah, it's a skim it. That's about where I'm at. Perfectly well executed. That's what totally. I can say about it. So that is a buy it and a skim it for Southern Dog and a double skim it for Godzilla Cataclysm number one. Of course, we want to know what you anti-racist werewolves and last surviving humans thought of these comics. So how are your opinions over at this week's comic section of the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Your kids are back in school, and that means it's time for adults everywhere to cut loose. So let's get those shirts off, people, and take to the streets. The young ones are getting babysat for at least six hours a day, and that means it's time for day drinking and reading some damn comics in peace. Sure, I don't have any kids, and Matt doesn't pay any attention to his worldwide litter of bastards, but we feel your pain. So join us in the streets for some adult situations and kid-free good times as we review 10 more of this week's new comics during the ludicrous speed round. No kids allowed. Yeah, rated PG-13. Nope. <laughs> rated <laughs> NC-17. Only 14-year-old kids allowed. Ludicrous speed, go! First hero, number one from Action Lab. I was intrigued by the idea behind the series. A soldier develops superpowers in a world where every other superpowered being has gone violently insane. Whoa. And has to decide whether he should protect others or protect himself from a government that wants to kill him. This issue only sets up half the premise. It's focused entirely on the moment he develops his powers and the immediate aftermath. Interesting story. Great art. Buy it. Action Lab. There you go. Hexed. Number one from Boom. Dayman writer Nelson. Oh, God damn it. What's his name? Ryan Arvid Nelson. David Arvid. Dayman co writer Michael Allen Nelson brings his hexed comic back to Boom, this time with penciler Dan Mora, who does a fantastic job illustrating the adventures of Lucifer, a snarky female thief slash magician who gets in over her head on what should be a simple job. Nelson is a great writer. I love his Dayman series. I didn't read this back in 2008 when it when it first came either. out, but now I'm interested. I gotta say though, this issue left me with a lot of questions. Why is the main character called Lucifer? Is she her the name, devil? It's on. It's either on the cover or it was in an ad. Her name is Lucy Jennifer whatever. Oh, okay. And so they call her Lucy. I didn't pick up on that. So yeah. I'm the idiot apparently. 
The comic moves very fast, but not in a bad way. If anything, I'm coming back for more to get some answers. Great art and exceptional coloring by Gabriel Casada. This was really beautiful to look at. I'm giving it a buy it. I totally loved it. It was fun. And I also didn't read the original, yeah. but I found it easy to follow in stark contrast to a book I'll be talking about in just a minute. Demon number one by Jason Shiga. All right, bear with me and listen to this solicit. After killing himself, Jimmy Yi wakes up in a filthy motel room without a scratch on his body. Well, we've all been there. Yesterday, he was a mathematician working at Oakland's leading actuarial firm. This could have been me. Today, he's the most wanted man in America. This is totally me. <laughs> Using only his mathematical training to aid him, Jimmy must push himself to his mental limits if he is to figure out what is happening and stay one step ahead of the government agency determined to capture him. He's a mathlete? <laughs> That's the promise of what will be a 21-issue story that begins here. What does the first issue bring, you might ask? Scenes of Jimmy committing suicide, often violently, over and over and over and over the end. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Jason, okay. Jason Shiga has set himself on a very ambitious path, but beyond a written plea from the author at the end, there's literally nothing in this story that makes you think it'll continue past this issue. Huh. However, I'd be lying if I didn't admit that I found it bizarrely compelling. What a twist. The art is super weird and cartoony. It's on this fun little uh, newsprinty type paper. It's an odd shape. Like everything about it, it's a it's just it is the textbook definition of indie comic. Okay. Self-published indie comic. All right. Including the $5 cover price. There you go. I'm going to let the story unfold a little more before I make up my mind, so I'm giving this a skim it. Okay. Transformers Primacy, number one from IDW. I like to check in on the IDW Transformers comics now and again to cleanse my palate of the Hollywood Transformers movies and appreciate the job that IDW has done turning an 80s cartoon made to sell toys to kids into highbrow sci-fi with a soul. My only complaint is that this is pretty dense and not for the casual reader. If you want to know what's going on, you need to read the two previous miniseries, Monstrosity and Autocracy, neither of which I read. Still, this is another strong entry into IDW's Transformers Mythos with exceptional art by Livio Raimondelli. That guy is very talented drawing a book with no people in it. In a perfect world, this creative team is producing your epic Transformers movie series. I'm giving it a buy it. Come on, man. Robots are people, too. Dead at 17, the Blasphemy Throne, number one from Image. Dead at 17 started over 10 years ago, and it's been more than four years this since like the last issue. Dead at 27? <laughs> but if you're like me and have never read a single page of the story, don't worry. Writer-artist Josh Howard spends the entire issue explaining everything that's ever happened. See, no, I think that's very nice of him. I appreciate that. <laughs> right. <laughs> there might be an interesting take on the afterlife as a sci-fi concept buried somewhere in here, and the art's kind of fun. But I can't see how this is appealing to anyone that wasn't already a hardcore fan. Leave it. Jerk. Yeah, I know. I'm Jeez. feeling... Well, I've, had a I've had a little bit of drink. Here we go. Batman Beyond 2.0, number 28 from DC. After reading The Hubbub, I had to check this one out. Spoiler alert. In the future, Bruce Wayne knocks up Barbara Gordon right before she gets back together with Dick Grayson. 
Seriously, I'm not making this up. What? Writers Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel are obviously trying to get some attention paid to this digital title. And I got to say, it wasn't half bad. I had no problem following along, even though this was part four of seven of the Mark of the Phantasm storyline. Good art by Phil Hester and Craig Rousseau. Nice to see Phil drawing again. He doesn't think he's very good. So get on Twitter. Tell him we love him. Come on, guys. This might be a really fun series that I've been ignoring. I thought the whole Bruce, Babs, and Dick love triangle would just piss me off. But now I kind of think I need to read more. Oh, is Batman Beyond in this comic? I need to ask because he wasn't here at all. Regardless, <laughs> I'm giving this a buy it. I was shocked. I was like, what? That's what's happening. I have to check this out. I'm going to be pissed. And then it was like, that was kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars number 20 from Dark Horse. With very little fanfare, Dark Horse starts to bring their Star Wars line to a close. This is the final issue of the Brian Wood and Carlos Danda series. And if you didn't know better, you'd expect the adventure to carry on next month. I read that if you didn't know no better. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know no better... <laughs> Instead of a schmaltzy goodbye issue, Wood and Danda give us a simple and fun done-in-one about Leia refusing to give up on an old friend that has disappeared deep undercover. These guys turned out some great stories, and it didn't lose any steam as it approached the end. Buy it. Nice job, gentlemen. Both of you. I read this whole series. It was excellent. Just like the Transformers mythos, IDW continues to do a fantastic job on Judge Dredd, this time focusing on Judge Anderson and her psi powers. Writer Matt Smith does a great job giving Anderson a voice and explaining the nature of her history and her abilities while fleshing out the world that the judges police, not just Mega City One. Not that Matt Smith. Great chunky art by Carl Critchlow, who never hypersexualizes Anderson, but still shows readers a strong female character. I haven't read enough 2000 AD to say that IDW is staying completely true to the original voice. But I can say that this is a well-written comic that took me more than five minutes to read, and I would like to read more. I'm giving it a buy it. Tower Chronicles, Dreadstalker, number one from Legendary Comics. What is this? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. This is the backlash of me calling you out for not reading enough indie stuff, isn't it? <laughs> there was just a lot of indie stuff. This is actually the beginning of the second Tower Chronicles series about a bounty hunter that fights forgotten monsters, but I didn't have too much trouble picking up the story. I picked it up on the strength of Matt Wagner and Simon Bisley, and while the art is really great... Is that who's writing this? Matt Wagner. And drawing this? Simon Bisley. Holy craps! Like, this is not a negative. This looks like Simon Bisley operating at like 50% capacity. Which is a good thing. Well, yeah, he's just like, you know what? I've got an afternoon. Yeah. Da, 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 and Tower he Chronicles. mellows out a little bit, and because like his normal style can get a little nuts. Right. But then the, <laughs> you know? but then the covers are fully lush, painted Bisley, like what you've come to expect. Huh. Now, Legendary is the offshoot of Heavy Metal, right? Legendary is the film company. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Legendary. Like the... Le the yeah, like the... The yeah, yeah. people that brought us Watchmen. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yep. So, again, while the art is really, really great, I thought the dialogue had some real problems. Okay. Which is a shame. Still, the premise is fun. Again, beautiful art. So, skim it. Dark Ages, number one, from Dark Horse. Dan Abnett is a name that everyone who reads comics should know by now. Here, he's writing a group of knights facing an extraterrestrial threat. It is a premise that in anyone else's hands could be laughable, but Abnett brings such a convincing voice to his characters that I could not put this down. Artist Ian J. Colbard 
who also drew the new Dead Wardians for DC Vertigo, which was also written by Abnett, is equally effective here with his deceptively cartoonish style and a final panel that gave me chills. Yeah. This comic was perfect in its simplicity and absolutely worth picking up. I don't think anyone else could have executed this as well as Dan Abnett does. Really good at writing this stuff. I've read a bunch of his Warhammer fantasy stuff, and I think that's where he got so good at writing this sort of Dark Age, Knight in Armor kind of crap. I love this. I'm giving it a buy it. That is your ludicrous speed round, and whatoom is the sound of an alien craft crashing to Earth, as seen in the pages of Dark Ages number one. By now, I'm sure you've heard the European Space Agency's Rosetta mission to put a probe in orbit around a comet was a complete success. Here's something you might not know. This week, Joe, myself, and our IT engineer, Machine Man have hacked into the Eurospace Agency's computer system and discovered that the comet that the Rosetta probe is orbiting is none other than Oort, the living comet. We've been tracking both Rosetta and Oort's progress in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum and even made contact with Oort, who was more than happy to discuss next week's comics. Joe, what are you and Oort excited to read next week? That was a really good Carl Sagan, if I do say so myself. I'll take your word for it. I listened to a bunch of his books on tape. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. My pick for next week is Multiversity number one from DC Comics, written by Grant Morrison with art by Ivan Rice. You know it's a Grant Morrison book because the solicit is four paragraphs long. (laughs) Brace yourself. (laughs) The biggest adventure in DC's history is here. Join visionary writer Grant Morrison, today's most talented artist, and a cast of unforgettable characters from 52 alternate Earths of the unknown DC multiverse. Prepare to meet the Vampire League of Earth-43, the Justice Riders of Earth-18, Super Demon, Doc Fate, the Super Sons of Superman and Batman, the Rampaging Retaliators of Earth-8, the Atomic Knights of Justice, Dino Cop, Sister Miracle, Lady Quark, the Legion of Savannas, the Nazi New Reichsmen of Earth-10, and the latest, greatest, Superhero of Earth Prime. So this is the book that kills Grant Morrison. (laughs) He's just rolling around on the ground, screaming ideas and someone (laughs) scribbling them down. Comprising six complete adventures, each set in a different parallel universe, plus a two-part framing story and a comprehensive guidebook to the many worlds of the multiverse. Jesus. The multiversity is more than just a multi-part comic book series. It's a cosmos-spanning, soul-shaking experience that puts you in the front line in the battle for all creation against the demonic destroyers known as... The Gentry in issue one, which is what we're f-ing talking about right now. <laughs> Penciled by superstar artist Ivan Reitz, President Superman of Earth-23 uncovers a threat to all reality. So apocalyptic, it will take a team of incredible heroes from across the multiverse to face it, including Captain Carrot. <laughs> like you've never seen him before. Good God. But even with a multitude of alternate worlds to choose from, where every variation is possible, can anyone hope to prevail against the onslaught of ultimate evil and undying hatred in the unstoppable form of a one-time cosmic defender with unimaginable powers? Join us if you dare for the beginning of the Multiversity! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy <sighs> So this is Graham Morrison's open letter to everyone who said, 
he's not weird enough, apparently. <laughs> I kind of feel like I don't really have to go into it any more than oh that. Oh my god. What was the the book that he did with the se- it was the seven Oh, seven soldiers. Yeah, seven if you if you thought seven soldiers was hard to follow, wait till you get into fifty-two universes. <laughs> Look, there's there are very few things that I love more than the idea of the comic book multiverse, especially the DC multiverse. Yeah. And so when they announced that this project was still going forward, it's been in development for five years. My God. It predates the idea of the new 52. And when they said, you know what? We're still doing it. I'm in. I'm in. I love Grant Morrison. And I I like apologetically so. And the weirder this gets, the more I'm going to love it. I'm into. They showed at Comic-Con preview art for a bunch of the different one shots. Right. Cameron Stewart is doing the, uh, the Captain Marvel one. Okay. That's set like in the Fawcett yeah, universe. He's great. And it's the old style, aw shucks looking Captain Marvel. Ugh. And it looks amazing. Amazing. Maybe this will help us to forget about everything we hate in the new 52. Frank quietly drawing the Ted Core Blue Beetle Ugh. and the question. Ugh. See, that's not even fair. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't tease us. Come on. <laughs> I want it. I want it so bad. What are you excited for next week? My pick is Dark Horse Presents 2014, number one. This is from Dark Horse, written by a ton of people. But most importantly, it's the return of Jeff Darrow and Frank Miller's Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. They return in this new volume of the award-winning, long-running anthology powerhouse Dark Horse Presents. Also, in the 48-page tome of Awesome Comics, Peter Hogan and Steve Parkhouse's Resident Alien, which is great. I like Resident Alien. Brendan McCarthy's Dream Gang. Don't know what that is. Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Andy Coons Wrestling with Demons, which looks kick-ass. <laughs> Damon Gentry and Aaron Connolly's Sabertooth Swordsman and David Max Kabuki. New Sabertooth Swordsman? New Sabertooth Swordsman and new Kabuki. I love Rusty the Boy Robot and the big guy. I'm so excited to see him back, even if it's just for a few pages. Can't wait for this. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. You know what I've never read? Kabuki. I loved David Max Kabuki. Totally loved it. Ate it up. I own all those original, first prints of all those original issues. I don't think they're worth crap, but I've got them. <laughs> Good for you. The THN trade of the, no, you read this. The THN trade of the week is the Hip Hop Family Tree Volume 2. How could it not be? From Fanagraphics, written and illustrated by Ed Pisker. The best-selling nexus of comics and hip-hop culture continues with this second volume, covering 1981 to 1983, when hip-hop made the transition from parks and rec rooms to downtown clubs. Established icons such as Africa Bambata and Grandmaster Flash appear along with new superstars like N.W.A., The Beastie Boys, (laughs) Dougie Fresh, KRS-One, Ice-T, and early Public Enemy, plus cameos by Dolomite, Whoa. LL Cool J, Whoa. Notorious B.I.G., Oh my God! and the new kids on the block? Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, man. Hip-Hop Family Tree. Yeah. This is what I wanted. This is what I was looking forward to when we read Hip-Hop Family Tree Volume 1, this era. Pumped to read it. I'm super excited. I loved the first one. Can't wait for more. After you're done wondering how we decide to work Z-list cosmic characters like Ort the Living Comet into a bit, let us know what you plan on reading next week in the THN Forum.
Before we move on, we got to pay some bills here in the Ziggurat, guys. We have a new sponsor we're super proud of, HeroNext.com. Are you sick of idiots on eBay offering you five bucks to end your auction of Hulkwin 81? Guess what? There's a new site called HeroNext.com that's heard your cries, nerds. HeroNext is a free, streamlined comic book selling service run by comic nerds for comic nerds. Unlike other auction sites, HeroNext allows you to easily list your comics with pictures, and then you choose a fixed price. And the listings all have links to the CGC Census, the Grand Comics Database, and both the Marvel and DC Wikis to verify whatever comic you are buying and selling. One of the best things about this, the ease of the search engine. Yeah, man. Like when you list things on eBay, it's a huge pain. If you try to find Incredible Hulk number one, it's going to come back with posters, every Hulk number one autograph series ever made, Rigno pictures, toys for (laughs) some reason. On HeroNext.com, it's just the comics. Incredible Hulk number one is going to get you nothing but. And it's cool. You search Hulk, Incredible Hulk number one, and it's going to say, all right, do you mean the one from the 60s, the one from the 80s? It's got all the different eras parsed out right there. You pick the one you want. Bam. That is it. These guys have already sold close to $45,000 worth of comics on their site. In just a few months. And it's free. They're not taking any money from the sales right now. How can they afford to pay us? They're freaking saints. I don't know. And you know what? My favorite feature, customizable comic eras. Very cool. If you think that the Bronze Age starts when Con- with Conan number one, and I think it starts when Gwen Stacy died, we're both right on HeroNext.com. <laughs> HeroNext.com. Check these guys out. They're good buddies of ours. They're out of the goodness of their hearts. They're sponsoring the show. We appreciate it, and they really do have a great site. Go check it out. You guys will love it. It's free. Yo. It's the green machine, gonna crap out a movie turtle fans won't see Have the turtles ever made you frown? Michael Bay is gonna hit on TMNT now, yeah! Everybody let's move to the Guardians movie, it's a better view Throw a rock at Mike Bay's face, leave my childhood alone, that shit's a disgrace Hollywood! You know I'm not playing, give the nerds a turtle movie to see worth paying! The only thing that upsets me about that rap is my YouTube history has me watching a whole lot of Vanilla Ice. (laughs) (laughs) Boom! Choco Taco! The comic pushers are back! Slinging highly addictive comics to comic junkies in the hood this week. A rock-smoking chalky tweaker named Brian and his poor unfortunate daughter write us saying, My daughter wanted to buy her first comic book last week. Any stellar all-ages comics to check out that we can both enjoy together. Wow. It's a very family-related question. <laughs> right. You are asking the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read Housewives at Play? Oh. <laughs> now, he did also clarify that she is only three and a half, which okay. means he's really going to have to read it to her okay, or with her, and that he didn't necessarily need it to tailor to her specifically, more of an, an in general like recommendation list for parents right. to engage with their kids over comics. Okay, well, I'm going to start with Brian and his three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to do it. IDW, who we're big fans of, not too long ago picked up the My Little Pony license. And I'm going <laughs> to be straight with you here. I think adult gentlemen that call themselves My Little Pony fans are perverts. That said... It is a very well-written comic full of humor that both kids 
and adults can enjoy. They have done a wonderful job reinventing My Little Pony into something funny, cool, appropriate for all ages, and I can't see a world where a three and a half year old girl doesn't love it. Honestly. It's written and drawn by some of the best indie cartoonists super talented in the business. Yeah. So despite Matt's resistance to the idea, they are actually really great. I just hate fun and joy and nice things in general. That's that just is me. true. You know? <laughs> you know, when she's a little older, we also can't recommend the Adventure Time strongly enough. Oh, man. Absolutely. The Adventure Time comics, uh, similar to the My Little Pony stuff, written and drawn by a host of very funny, very talented indie cartoonist that's adventure time from kaboom studios which is sort of like the kids section of boom studios right also just fantastic written and drawn by super talented cartoonists with fantastic senses of humor of humor if you like that cartoon you will love the comic book there's also a, a new series coming fiona and cake which are the Female versions of Jake and Finn. Now, they have already done some Fiona and Cake stuff. There's a mini series that they yeah, did, yeah. but there's a regular series coming starring those two as well. Going back a little farther, for parents that want to uh, read with their kids, uh, the Bone series by Jeff Smith is beyond phenomenal. Sure, but for li- like real little dudes, three and a half, can't go wrong with Tiny Titans. Tiny, Titans, Tiny Titans is a boatload of fun. Art Balthazar. And Franco. And his buddy Franco do such a wonderful job. And this is humor that you will absolutely be able to get, Brian. Promise you. And your daughter will also find it cute and funny and great. And it stars characters that you'll recognize that maybe she can grow up with and appreciate later on in life. And this might be her entry to Robin, to Beast Boy, to Raven. You know, weird DC characters that she gets to grow up with. And just so much fun. As a as a slightly older companion to Tiny Titans, there's Teen Titans Go, yep. which is based on the current cartoon uh, with the kind of childlike animated versions of those characters in, in like ridiculous comedy situations. Hero Bear and the Kid. Hero Bear and the Kid is wonderful. I would absolutely throw Hero Bear and the Kid out there. It is the new Calvin and Hobbes. Sure. What it is. It's a modern wish fulfillment. And it's just wonderful. It's wonderful, about a, wonderful stuff. It's about a young boy whose grandfather leaves him a, a pocket watch and a teddy bear. And he finds out that they're magical. And the bear comes to life and is a superhero. And unlike Calvin and Hobbes, which took place in the imagination of Calvin... Hero Bear is real. Right. Like he goes out into the world and like fights crime. Yeah. (laughs) So he's a real thing. Like he interacts with other human beings. It's super fun. Drawn by Mike Kunkel, who is an animator, like a storyboard artist and and animator. One of the most talented guys working in all ages comics right now. Beautifully drawn. Excellent stuff. For the really young ones, Owly is wonderful. Oh, yeah. But that's not really something that you read. It's more of a picture book. Right. It is is a sequential story, but with no words. Owly is a really good choice for someone like your daughter to sit down by herself and figure out and page through it. Like, here's a comic book for you. You don't have to be able to read yet. You can look at it. You can figure out how the storytelling works. You can learn how comics work. Yeah, Just I page think Owly, page. Owly is an excellent entry point into it's comics as a, as a storytelling device. Oh, absolutely. For little kids, it's brilliant stuff. 
So there's a bunch of suggestions for you, Brian, but we want to know what you think. So please check some of these out and get back to us on the THN forums and the Comic Pushers sub forum. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what your little dude thought. We want to know. And if you're looking for a new read, you can hit us up in the same damn place. Tell us what kind of movies, TV, video games, or even real books you dig. And we will fill your veins full of illicit comics. As you might have heard, the comic pushers are working on their gangsta reps by trying to help out some up-and-coming creators who need your help. Like a couple of damn Robin Hoods. This time, we're talking to Joe Benkis, creator of Into the Void. Joe, tell us about the project and what the listeners can do to help. Sure. Uh, good buddy of mine, Jim Messling, who's a super talented illustrator, as well as a good friend. We are working on a comic book called Into the Void. Noticed a distinct lack of all-ages action-adventure comic books that are appropriate. Uh, you know, not just for teens, but pre-teens as well. And so we decided to go ahead and make our own book. Into the Void is now available on Kickstarter. The first issue is done, written, illustrated, ready to go. People can check it out on Facebook by searching Into the Void, um, as well as going to Kickstarter, looking at the comics project, and looking up Into the Void. You'll find there sample pages, sample illustrations, um, and everything you need to know to help us out to get this book made and into the hands of comics readers of all ages. Very cool. Give us a brief synopsis. What is Into the Void? Sure. Into the Void is the adventures of Captain Speedball and his trusty sidekick Toad and the rest of the crew of the ship called the Infinite Salamander as they travel through space, not yet time. We're still debating whether they'll travel through time or not, but uh, on their adventures to set right uh, the wrongs in the galaxy. First issue is just a very fun introduction to the characters, get to know them a little bit. But we've got the first 12 issues completely outlined. There's a huge story arc, a lot of surprises, a lot of fun. Um, but getting this first book done will be a huge milestone for us. Sure. And you're writing, and Jim is the illustrator, correct? I am writing. Um, I am a professional writer. I've written several screenplays um, for sci-fi as well as directed video movies. Whoa, okay, may have, name uh, drop, dude. Back up. What did you write? Let's hey, hear this. <laughs> there's a movie called Sand Sharks that aired on sci-fi. I saw Sand Sharks. Um, <laughs> Sand Sharks came out of my uh, weird mind. I was hopped up on too much caffeine, and I had a producer friend of mine in L.A. call me and say, I need to pitch a movie to sci-fi. Give me a snappy title. Uh, and the title came out, and the rest is history. <laughs> Sand Sharks. I, I knew that was how these movies got made, too. I totally knew it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter rewards. What do we get for throwing cash at you guys? Basic levels, you get a PDF version of the comic, a printed version of the comic. Jim is also doing a really cool variant cover that will only be available on Kickstarter. Those go up to about $9. I think the real fun uh, starts uh, at about $20. Jim has created a limited edition print, 11 by 17 glossy that he's signing. Very nice uh, of all the characters. For $35, he has a variant, which we're printing... You've probably seen in the comic book shops the blank covers, and Jim will hand draw the cover of your issue for you. Very and cool. And for $50, yeah, we like that. And for $50, um, there are T-shirts. Jim's a local artist. He's been around forever. He's an award-winning uh, animator. I know that he did a Star Wars mini short that won, I think, the uh, award that Lucas does every year for a fan animation. And uh, he, he's a character designer by trade, and he had all these characters designed and was just waiting um, for a writer to come along to put a book out. Into the Void looks super fun. It does I look looked like at it. You guys sent us a copy. When you say that you are local, you are uh, you are local to the Omaha area. 
So our yep. Omaha listeners, our legend listeners, will become familiar with your work uh, when the book comes out, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Many of the pages were storyboarded right in the coffee shop at Legend Comics and Coffee. I Son witnessed of it. a bitch. I witnessed it happening. <laughs> so we will definitely link to the Kickstarter in our show notes. Go to it. Check it out. Check out the rewards. Check out the preview art. Support these guys. Support indie creators. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's good for everybody. Joe, we thanks all for benefit. joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. This is like a labor of love. There's an ongoing between, you know, just two comic fans in Omaha, and we're glad that it's just going to uh, hit print. As of today, we were over 50% funded on Kickstarter, and we've got, uh, as of when we're recording this, two weeks to go, we're pretty positive we'll get there, and we can't just wait to see it in people's hands and get some reaction to it. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe. Thanks for coming on to it at Nerd, and we wish you guys all the best. Thank you. Keep up the good work, guys. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like this. And that is it for episode 174 of THN. If you're looking for a way to forget about how bad the world news seems lately, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes and Stitcher or TuneIn, where you can waste a goddamn hour listening to us blather back and forth. Where we listen, still there's need- 174 of them. You can waste <laughs> 174 hours. It's true. We still need your star ratings, reviews, your thumbs up, and your little hearts because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. It's been guys. a while since the last iTunes review. It's true. It would be nice to get a new one, preferably a good one. thank you thank you thank you to all of our donors you keep the overgrown horse heart of this show beating it's disgusting and if you want to help keep this nerdy circus on the road you can make your donation in any amount using our trained performing paypal button at twittednerd.com it does backflips that's true. It wears a little hat, drives a car. Yeah, that's right. It's adorable. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box. And as little as a dollar a month really does help. It also smokes cigars and begs for whiskey. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, and our Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Using this sawdust-covered list of resources, you can beg the comic pushers for a new read. You can defend your questionable nerd tastes in front of the two-headed judge for our Defenders segment. We got a good one coming up. Or you can ask us to review your self-published comic, be it printed, digital, whatever. Not too long ago, I said drawn on a matchbook, and a guy named Brian DuPont blew my mine. You know him. We've talked about him before. He didn't send us one matchbook. He sent us like 20 of them. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five. There are 15 panel. matchbooks. It is incredible what this man did. I dare someone to impress me more than this. I thought nothing could top the drawn on the back of a napkin one. I know. I know. I was wrong. This guy Wait, has- no. Come up with another one. Come up with another ridiculous comic. I did I did painted in human blood, carved into a totem pole. <laughs> something that he can mail. Oh, something feasible. Okay, next week I'll have something for you. Another gauntlet, Brian DuPont. <laughs> and don't forget to sign up for the THN forums. It's your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show. You can protest the treatment of animals in the circus, or you can just rap about comics. Remember to follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, and watch the forums if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. And then be sure to tune in to hear your answers on the Answer of the Week podcast. But if you need more THN in your life now, get over to twitternerd.com and check out... Guys, 
You're not going to believe this. Oh, my God. Casey Baum wrote a blog. <laughs> out of nowhere. I've been beating her for months. <laughs> and out of nowhere. Casey <laughs> Baum wrote a blog. It's all about Brian Lee O'Malley's graphic novel, Seconds. She was only three weeks late. But it's she, all right. But she got it. It's all right. She got it. There's the usual stuff up there as well. Ludicrous Speed Reviews, Batman Forever, yada, yada, yada. I think she you wrote know it, about all that because I admitted to her that Katie reminded me of an ex-girlfriend of mine. And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're reviewing the new Jim Starlin Thanos trade paperback when we play Take a Look. It's in a book. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to Robin Williams. We lost somebody great this week. I'm tearing up a little bit just talking about it. Seriously. And it goes without saying that there's plenty more out there suffering with depression. I know because I'm one of them. Finger pointing, blaming, and coming up with reasons why things happen doesn't solve the problem. If you know someone suffering with depression, say something. Talk to them. Help them to get help and let them know that it's okay to admit it. Thank you, Mr. Williams, for everything you gave us. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.